Welcome to the Redeemer Students Podcast. My name is JT Stead, and I'm your host. I'm also the student and outreach pastor here at Redeemer Church, and I'm super excited to continue our series of Theology 101. Theology 101. I love studying theology. It's so good. Now, you got to know that knowing theology is not the end goal of doing theology. The end goal is the knowledge is a means to an end, and the end is worship and discipleship. And so my goal with this is to produce more worshipers of Jesus and to better equip you, whether as students or as adults in the church, to help people think about God rightly. And that's what the Westminster Shorter Catechism was. Back in the 1600s, the Puritans used this to train up their children and lay people in the Lord and and to teach them what, um, what the Bible teaches. And they would do this in a catechism form. Many people associate that word with the Roman Catholic Church. Catechisms were were around way before Roman Catholicism as an ancient form of teaching uh, by question and answer. And so we've been going through, we've gone through 70 or so questions. We're on question 73 um, in this podcast, and we're right in the middle of the looking at the moral law of God. And so that is expressed in the Ten Commandments, which Jesus summarizes in Matthew 22, saying, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's commands one through four. And you must love your neighbor as yourself. That's commands five through ten. And so command five has to do with um, the authority, keeping uh, the sanctity of authority in our lives, whether as starting with the family and father and mother relationships, but also with the civil magistrates and those that God has put over us. Six, uh, command six is all about the sanctity of life. Uh, command seven is about the sanctity of human sexuality or the sanctity of the marriage protecting the family. And now command eight has to do with the sanctity of private property. So, question 73, what is the Eighth Commandment? You guessed it, the answer. The Eighth Commandment is, Exodus 20, 15, you shall not steal. Steal. All right. Now you're like, sweet, I'm off the hook. I haven't stolen anything. Wait, we already know if you've been listening. There are two things that we're looking for. What is the positive aspect of this? What is required of us? And then what is... Forbidden. Remember, this is God's moral law. And so we are understanding who God is and what is pleasing to God. And the law shows us our need for Christ. When we measure up next to it, we see that we are utter failures. And so if you're listening and you don't know Jesus, and we go through this, and you feel guilty, and you feel shame for breaking God's commands and His law, well, then the law is doing its work. That's what it was functioning to do. But it's trying to get you to run to Jesus Christ to find forgiveness. So, question eight You shall not. Steal. You should not steal. So, question 74. What is required in the Eighth Commandment? What is required of us? The Eighth Commandment requires us to obtain lawfully and to further the wealth and material well-being of ourselves and others. Yes, the Bible is for you obtaining lawfully and to further the wealth and material well-being of ourselves and others. I got a few verses here. First, Leviticus 25, 34, uh, 35. 
If your brother becomes poor and cannot maintain himself with you, you shall support him as though he were a stranger and a sojourner, and he shall live with you. And so what uh, you shall not steal, the positive, that's a negative aspect. The positive aspect is that we are to... Uh, further the wealth, material well-being of not only ourselves but others. And that's what Leviticus 25 is all about, that you have a responsibility for those in your household um, that maybe have less, that need help. And as Christians, this is pleasing in the sight of God. Ephesians 4.28 says this. This is the New Testament. Let the thief no longer steal. Obviously, Paul's pulling this from the Eighth Command. But rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So Paul here, obviously speaking on behalf of God, is against stealing, that's dishonest work, but is for doing honest work, which will result in making money or earning a wage which not only will support himself, but have something to share with someone else. Paul in the Bible is for you obtaining wealth, not for it to steer your heart away from God, but for you to further the wealth and material well-being of not only yourselves and your family, but also others. Did you think about the Eighth Commandment that way? See, we think of just one-dimensionally. One-dimensionally, you shall not steal. Well, the positive aspect is that we are to require wealth. We're to require material well-being, not as idolatry, but to, fur, uh, but to help others. Philippians 2.4, listen to this. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So, couched within this moral law is that we obtain, that we work and do honest work, and that we try to further the wealth and material well-being of ourselves and others. This actually goes into the fact that when we make money, it's not our own. God allows us to have private property. These things are ours, given given to us by God, something that we have earned. And that's okay. That's great to have. You have been given things by God that are yours in this life. However, they are given by God, so you are to be a good steward of them. You are to steward them in such a way that brings honor and glory to God. Question then 75, what is forbidden in the Eighth Command? Okay, the answer, the Eighth Commandment forbids what, uh, whatever does or may unjustly hinder our own or our neighbor's wealth and material well-being. So, what is forbidden is that is that you do not unjustly hinder or steal your neighbor's private property or material well-being. So the Eighth Commandment forbids whatever does or may unjustly hinder our own or our neighbor's wealth and material well-being. Okay, where do we see this? Proverbs 28, 19. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. Again, the Bible's all for bread is money in that day. It's food, right? And so making money, making a living. But he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. That means you're not working, you're not doing honest work, you're just pursuing your own desires, you're spending, you're wasting, and that leads to poverty. Verse 20, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. See, that's when riches become an idol. Because when riches become an idol, you'll do anything to get around loopholes in order to make money unjustly or to steal. Verse 22, a stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. 
Wow. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, that is no transgression, is a companion to a man who destroys. Proverbs 28, 27. Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. Proverbs have a lot to say about earning money, about earning money unjustly, about letting money become an idol where you're stingy, you won't give to anyone, about stealing from your own parents. Ephesians uh, 4.28, we already saw this, let the thief no longer steal, but let him rather do honest work. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, For even when you, when we were with you, we would give you this command, If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Oh, how unempathetic is our God to say that, right? That just spits right in the face of our modern-day culture. Um, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. See, there's a price for laziness. There's a price for not working. First um, Timothy 5.8 But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his family, of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow. Because you're denying or unjustly hindering your own wealth or material well-being. That is forbidden in the Eighth Commandment. See, God has made us to work. He's made us uh, governments to protect and uphold justice and righteousness, which means the the free exchange of goods um, contractually. And any government system that does not allow for that, a free exchange of goods, and who takes private property to give to someone else is unjust, is unjust. It's an unjust system. And... It is forbidden by the Eighth Command. As one commentator says, It is God's plan that we have property, things of our own, so that by using them in the right way, we may develop character. Property can be rightly transferred to others in exchange for something else of fair value or by a gift. That's what money is, right? It's a trade. It's something that we trade for. If we hide the faults in something, if we hide the faults in something we exchange or sell, we are really stealing. So if we if we sell a good that actually isn't worth the is broken, right? If we gamble, we're really stealing. If we are smart, quote unquote smart and cheat on our taxation return, it is still stealing, even though taxation is a form of theft um, re, uh, when it's redistributed to those taking your prop, uh, private property and giving it to someone else. That, that's breaking the command. But even then, Jesus still commands. Render Caesar's what is Caesar's. And so even if we're smart and we find loopholes, it's still stealing. If we don't pay our debts promptly, it's also stealing. For some kinds of theft, you may not be unpunished. You might not be punished by men, but what will God think of you? If you have stolen, restore what you have taken and follow Ephesians 4.28. Meaning, let the thief no longer steal, but let him rather labor and do an honest work. Honest work. Honest, honest, honest with his work, so that he may have something to share with anyone who is in need. This is the heart of God. This is what is pleasing to God. Let us be, Christians especially, should be the most um, trustworthy, should have the most integrity, and be the best stewards of our money. We should be the best tippers. We should be the best givers, because we're not run by money like this world is. Rather, we recognize it's a gift from God given to us to steward on behalf of our own family and to help others. And so, May that be what characterizes you, for this is what is pleasing to God. This is the eighth command. 
So thank you so much for listening to Theology 101. If you want more information about our church, go to RedeemerRockford.Church. Come on a Wednesday night. Come on a Sunday morning. Wednesday night, if you're a student, if you're in, in 20s ministry, come on a Thursday night. We'd love to have you. But I hope that this was, uh, it's, it's convicting for me. It helps me vote uh, on the ballot box when I see unfair taxes that are going to be uh, placed on us. We know that that... Um, uh, if it's not according to God's standard, it's something that is not pleasing to Him. And so, um, this is this is helpful, is it not? And so, this is the, com- the eighth command. I hope that it's encouraging to you, and I hope that it directs you to see what is pleasing to God and how we view money and work and our own private property. So, thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day.